Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Joined in the studio today with two guests from NAMI Southern Arizona. NAMI stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We have Christina Bickelman. She's a communications and events director. And we have Clark Romans. He's the executive director. Thanks for coming in today. Of course. Great to be here. So uh, I'm Clark Romans. I, uh, I'm the executive director, as Amanda said, and I've been the director of NAMI Southern Arizona uh, for about 12 years. The, uh, the affiliate, however, is the fourth affiliate ever formed in NAMI. Uh, there's about 1,000 affiliates nationwide. Uh, NAMI's not a very old organization. It was actually formed in 1979. Uh, mostly by family members who were reacting to lack of services in their community after what we call deinstitutionalization. A lot of people were being uh, basically turned out of the big state mental institutions. The idea was that they would get better service if they were served in the communities from which they came, which on paper is a great idea. But unfortunately, the institutors of this philosophy forgot to supply stuff in the community, like a place to live, a job, case managers, medication, doctors, and so forth. And what we saw, unfortunately, is the consequent rise of homelessness around the country. So across the country, families began to react to this and demand more services in their communities. And Tucson was like any other community, but a little more proactive. So we got started here and uh, joined the national organization uh, in 1983, and we've been going ever since. So what is NAMI? It's about three things. It's about education, support, and advocacy. Uh, because mental illnesses are so highly stigmatized, many, many people that are living with these disorders and their family members do not seek services. Uh, first of all, they don't want to be a member of that club. Uh, second of all, they don't know where to go for help because this is not something you talk about at your cocktail parties. People tend to know more about colon cancer than they know about serious mental illness. And so I think that the services that we provide really help people to overcome their initial kind of chaotic beginnings in this disorder and help to get them oriented. I guess I would add that, you know, our programs are provided at no cost to the community. We are dependent upon the community to help support us so that we can support you. And one of the ways that we do that is our annual NAMI Walks event, which is coming up on April 1st. It's going to be at Kennedy Park Fiesta area, which is the northwest corner of Ajo and La Choya. And we are going to have a 1K, 3K, and 5K route. We also have dignitaries such as Martha McSally and Dr. Randall Fries coming to talk a little bit about 
how they're supporting mental illness and services for people and their families. And also we will have music from 8 till 12, and the walk actually itself starts at 9 a.m. There's lots of activities for children, face painting, selfie booth, hula hoops, beanbag tosses, all sorts of things to keep the kids occupied. And we also have a lot of donated food from the community that we provide to the walkers who may not always have had a a real tangible meal in a while. So it's a really great event. It's the 11th year for the Tucson event. And we had been in Phoenix a couple years before that. So it's been going on for a while. And it's about half of our budget. So we really, really, really need people to support us. If you can be a team captain, a virtual walker, you can participate on a team, or you can just push that donate button and help us out. So we can continue to provide all these services at no cost at the same level that we've been providing them. And you can participate in the walk uh, without any registration fee, but we hope that you will register so that we know you're coming. And we also uh, hope that you will donate. You can form a team, as Christina said, or you can just be a walker or just be a donor. And the walk serves two functions for us. The first walk that we participated in up in Phoenix back in 2007, I think it was, Uh, We sent 250 people on a couple of buses up to Phoenix. Last year, we had approximately 2,500 people walking here in Tucson and about 4,000 people actually participating in the walk. So that helps us fulfill the other function of the walk, which is to raise awareness about mental illness and to normalize it. Mental illnesses are illnesses like any other. They're treatable. People can live well with them. And we want to remove the stigma uh, from mental illness. And people just showing up and participating in the walk helps to illustrate that all sorts of folks live with these disorders, all sorts of folks are able to function well, and there are resources in the community, and this is a lot of what NAMI does besides its education. It directs people to the resources that are in the community and helps the family members as well. A lot of times when people are being treated for mental illnesses, uh, their family members kind of get lost in the shuffle because the providers focus on the person with the disorder and they forget the fact that the family members are pretty much there 24-7. They're the de facto caregivers for these individuals. And so NAMI really recognizes that and gives them a lot of support uh, through our education programs, through our support activities. We have about seven support groups throughout the community that meet at different places in Tucson, at different days of the week, different times of the month. In addition, we also provide support groups for folks living with mental disorders so they can talk to people who are experiencing the same sort of difficulties as as they experience. And then finally, we do provide one-on-one advocacy for family members and individuals. Many people don't realize that they're entitled to some services, 
because seriously mentally ill people, that is people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or clinical depression, are actually protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So these individuals are entitled to protections and benefits, but most people don't know this because it's a topic that nobody wants to know about. So we help to enlighten them, help to direct them to services that do exist. So one thing I would add is that a couple of our employees recently got trained to start a support group specifically for people that hear voices with schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorders, et cetera. And that's just getting started up. And there is one in Phoenix, but this is the second one in the state. So it's specifically for people with these types of disorders that may not feel as comfortable in a different type of support group where people might not understand that aspect. So I think this is you know, something that our employees actually took upon themselves to feel that it was a need that needed to be met, and they've started it up, and people can call our office to find out more about that if they're interested. And I think some of your listeners might be interested in the other programs that we have. We have uh, what we call signature programs that are available to people through NAMI affiliates all across the country. The flagship program, educational program that we have is called Family to Family. It's an evidence-based practice. It's a 12-week class, and as Christina said, all of our services are offered at no cost. So family members, regardless of their status, regardless of their loved one having a diagnosis or not, if they want to learn about these disorders, they can participate in this 12-week class. It's a couple of hours, two and a half hours each session, so it amounts to 30 hours, which if you had to pay for such a course commercially, it'd probably cost you a couple thousand dollars, but we offer it at no cost to participants. We have a parallel class called Peer-to-Peer. It's the same kind of class where we teach people living with mental illnesses about the brain, brain disorders, medication, uh, how to communicate with your not-so-understanding loved ones and family, how to avoid relapse, how to navigate the system. And so by the time you leave that 10-session class, you've got some tools to help you cope with your disorder. And by the way, because of where we are here in Arizona, we offer these two courses in Spanish as well as in English. Now, we also have other educational programs. We have a program called NAMI Basics. It's a program specifically designed for parents and caregivers of children with mental illness. It's a six-class program teaching the same things but focusing really heavily on what parents can do to get services for their children uh, from doctors and from schools for their children who may be suffering with a mental illness. So it's a very instructive program for those families. We have a, a number of what I'll call public awareness programs, the most important of which, in my opinion, is something called Ending the Silence. It's a 50-minute classroom-based mental illness awareness program aimed at 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th graders. We've discovered, which is obvious, that nobody is born with stigma. They learn it. 
So the earlier that we can teach young people about mental illnesses, that they are just that, treatable disorders that can have positive outcomes, we believe this will ultimately reduce the stigma associated with these disorders and that more people who are suffering from them can get help. And the tragedy is that very often the amount of time between observable symptoms for these disorders and actual diagnosis and treatment is 10 years. And one other thing that I'd like to mention is that we are very dependent upon volunteers. We have volunteers helping answer the phones, folding brochures, helping with the walk, assisting with support groups and classes, and various other activities. We're also in a very, very old house, and we're under construction trying to renovate our space, which has a lot of people in a very small place. So we've been reaching out to the community as well for some skilled labor that can help us. And uh, we've been really lucky that many companies have come forward to help us with providing an electrician or plumbers or somebody to sheetrock and, you know, install windows and various things like that. So, and people are coming tomorrow, in fact, to help paint. So little by little, we're taking our little shabby office and making it, you know, presentable. So if you have some skills, or if you'd like to volunteer for the walk, or you'd like to volunteer in general, please call our office and talk to Marisol, who is our volunteer coordinator. Or if you're interested in the walk, uh, you can talk to her or you can talk to me. We're always looking for people to assist us in our mission and help us give back to the community by your helping us with volunteer hours. It helps us spread the, what we do have as income further around. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Joined in the studio today with Clark Romans, Executive Director for NAMI Southern Arizona, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and also joined in the studio with Communications and Events Director Christina Bickelman. Uh, Christina, where do people call you and what is the website? So the, our number is 520-622-5582. Our website is namisa, N-A-M-I-S-A dot org. Christina was talking earlier about volunteers, and I wanted to underscore the fact that what I call the heavy lifting in NAMI is really done by volunteers. We're an affiliate who's lucky to have any employees at all. We have about 18 full and part-time employees. But the more important factor is we have more than 150 volunteers. Most of our classes, most of our support groups are taught by volunteers. And these are peer-based education programs. So the individuals that teach peer-to-peer are individuals who themselves are living with a mental illness. Family-to-family is taught by family members. NAMI Basics, the program for parents and caregivers of children with mental illness, are in fact themselves parents who have or have had children that develop mental illness uh, symptoms. So the people who are teaching all of our educational programs have actually walked the walk 
and NAMI has a fairly sophisticated training uh, system where teachers are individuals who have taken the class, and from time to time we're able to send some of those teachers who are interested back to our national headquarters to be trained, and they become what we call trainer of trainers so that they can train other teachers and sustain these programs here in our community. We've often sent these trainer of trainers to other affiliates in Arizona to help the smaller affiliates to train their teachers. Clark Romans, how did you become involved in this work? Well, I'm like a lot of other NAMI members. I knew nothing, and I was not interested in this topic until I became personally involved. And I became personally involved when my son, at age 16, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So even though I was um, tall and handsome and well-educated and well-paid, I didn't know anything about what this meant. I didn't know how to spell schizophrenia. I had no idea what this would really mean for my son, let alone for his family, and by the way, for the rest of his life. It's just something that comes out of, we think, nowhere and hits you like a a bullet in the chest. You go through all kinds of emotional turmoil from this can't be true to uh, these doctors don't know what they're talking about. And then guilt, you know, I should have known, I should have guessed, and all this kind of thing. So personal involvement is probably how 80-plus percent of people get involved in NAMI, even if, even if they're well-meaning individuals and just want to donate their time. Many folks come in and... Uh, I asked them, well, what's your involvement with mental illness? Well, you know, I don't really know anybody. Uh, I just want to help. And usually by the time they're through their volunteer stint, we find out, lo and behold, they do know somebody. Because one in four people are affected by mental illness in a given year in the United States. So we have a saying Everyone knows someone, and even if it's not a close family member or they themselves, they certainly know of or know about people that are living with these disorders. The, the, the sad truth is that the number of people who actually get treatment compared to the number of people who are living with these disorders is astonishing. For example, in Pima County, There are more than 100,000 people living with a serious mental illness today. That's schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, clinical depression. People have a hard time putting their arms around that. But what's even more disheartening is that two-thirds of those people will go through their life undiagnosed and untreated. They'll struggle to be employed. For example, the unemployment rate among people with schizophrenia is 88%. It's very difficult for those people 
to find employment and, and maintain employment, uh, you know, in, in the modern workplace setting. I, I think that this is a devastating reality in our community. In fact, the single largest cause of lost time hours in American industry is mental illness. May not be identified on the surface as that, but studies by NIMH and the World Health Organization have demonstrated this. That means that companies in our town every day lose money due to mental illness, probably mostly due to those people that are not getting treatment. And if you hear the numbers, you will be astonished. Lost time hours to American industry cost those companies $192 billion every year. And that translates to $600 million in Pima County alone every year. The other thing I would also add is that, you know, we are uh, short on treatment beds and things and oftentimes using our jails and prisons to house people with mental illness where they're not getting the appropriate care is not really where they need to be. It's costing us a lot more money than treating them properly and getting them the help that they need and providing them with that, you know, backup. Whereas it costs a lot to put somebody in in jail or prison and they could better spend that money taking care of them in a, you know, an appropriate manner and spending more money, which we're reaching out to our legislature to encourage them to support programs and services for people with mental illness instead of spending a ton of money building new prisons. The other reason to keep them out of prison and in treatment is that another disheartening statistic is that people with serious mental illness in the United States die 25 years younger than their non-mentally ill counterparts. But they don't die of schizophrenia. They don't die of bipolar disorder. They die of related, untreated medical conditions. People who are suffering from schizophrenia make up about 1% of the world population. But in the United States, that 1% consume about 25% of the tobacco products. So lung cancer, uh, heart disease, many psychotropic medications cause weight gain. So folks have to be very careful with their diet. Many people uh, develop diabetes, and these are the things that actually cause them to die young. So if we can intervene earlier, educate people, and really get them on a healthy lifestyle track, I think the outcomes will not be as bad. And the other statistic, we keep hearing this about people dying younger because they have serious mental illness, a new report out from the American Caregiver Association has detailed the fact that caregivers of people with serious mental illness die eight years younger than other caregivers of people with other disorders. So mental illnesses are not only causing early death in the people that have them, they're causing earlier death in the people who care for them. So we really have a big community 
responsibility, I think, to educate people about these disorders so that we can intervene early and reduce or eliminate lifetime symptoms. It would certainly make people's lives a lot better. So as we wrap up this interview, we'd just like to remind you that on April 1st, we'll be having our big 11th annual NAMI Walks event. The walk is a portion of it, but as I mentioned earlier, it is very important to NAMI to raise the funds to provide these services. And our programs and services are funded by community grants, the walk, and other sources of individual donations. Come out and enjoy yourself and see how mainstream mental illness can be. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My name is Amanda Schager. Our guests today have been the Communications and Events Director for NAMI Southern Arizona, Christina Bickelman, and we also heard from Clark Romans. He's the Executive Director for NAMI Southern Arizona. You can find out more about NAMI Southern Arizona and all of their services at namisa.org, N-A-M-I-S-A.org. And if you're particularly interested in the walk, you can go to namiwalks.org. Forward slash Southern Arizona. That's namiwalks.org forward slash Southern Arizona. Any other final, final thoughts? We just want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about mental illness and its effects on the community and any opportunity that we can get to spread the word about NAMI and its services as well as reduce the stigma affiliated with mental illness. We're like all over it. We're here to spread the word.